All right. Praise be to God. You may have a seat. Pueden tener, tomar asiento. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunrise Community Church. What a beautiful time to praise God, to make his name glorious. Que bendición hacer el nombre del Señor glorioso en nuestras alabanzas. And isn't that what we wish and desire that the whole world could sing? That everybody would know this, this believe this, trust in this, uh, not by force, but from the heart. Queremos que todo el mundo quiera eso o, o que exprese esa, esa alabanza al Señor. What we desire is for God to move. And how, how many of you think things are just really peachy keen out there and everything's great in our world today? Anybody? I don't see any hands going up right now. That's because it's not, right? It's just not easy right now. No es nada fácil en nuestro mundo. And that's why we are called the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Somos la sal del mundo, la luz del mundo, dice Jesús. La sal de la tierra. And next Sunday evening, I want to make you aware of an incredible opportunity that we have uh, to, to put some feet to that. At 5 p.m. next Sunday evening, there's going to be a gathering of, of Christians in our community for prayer. Prayer for what? Change. Prayer for transformation, for revival for more people to make Jesus' name glorious in their lives. Uh, vamos a tener una reunión para, para alabar al Señor y pedir uh, avivamiento en nuestra tierra. I've been a part of this. Laura Fonseca last week was talking about this. There's been a coalition, a group of community leaders coming together across all the spectrum of our community, education and business and the family and government and police and, and, and all these different aspects, churches, and we, it's a small group, but we're saying God wants to make this bigger. And how does that happen? We got to get connected. Tenemos que conectarnos. So Del Lago Park, if you know where that's at, that's kind of on the northeast side of Tulare, uh, Prosperity off of La Spina. And uh, there is a, a beautiful area there. It should be a beautiful evening, 5 p.m. The sun will still be up. Bring your own chair unless you want to pull up a piece of ground and sit on that. You can do that too. But uh, traigan su propia silla. And this is going to be a time to connect with God and each other and then to see what God can do when his people come together and pray. So I want to really honestly invite you to that. I also want to invite our boys and girls right now for children in worship time. I'm so excited that this is something, boys and girls, that we have provided for your growth and for your uh, encouragement. We love our kids and we are so thankful for those teachers and helpers. Yeah, I say, Tiempo de niños en adoración. Invitamos a los niños a salir para ese tiempo. That's for children up to fifth grade. And uh, there's also an infant and toddler nursery through these doors straight out. Hay una guardería infantil también. As well as our mom and me room, which is located out the door to the left. There's a, just a quiet space for moms that may need to comfort their infant child uh, in that place. Uh, también hay un cuarto para las mamás que tienen que dar consuelo a sus bebés. So the rest of us right now, as Larry said, we're going to be looking into the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm really excited to be back and to be diving into this again. Our focus today, if you're keeping up on the readings with the bookmarks, is chapters 5 and chapter 6. Hoy nos enfocamos en capítulos 5 y 6. Hay marcadores ahí para ayudarles con las lecturas semanales. And I want to begin today by reading just three verses from the very beginning of chapter 5, Vamos a leer capítulo 5, versículos 1 al 3. 
I'll read it first in Spanish, and then we'll read it in English. And we'll be reading a lot of other scriptures as we go, so don't, don't shut those Bibles. Keep them open. Mantenga sus Biblias abiertas. Vamos a ver otros textos. And I want us to appreciate what we have here. This is the word of God. Let us allow God's word to impact us with its wisdom and with its truth. Permitamos que la palabra de Dios nos impacte con su sabiduría y con su verdad. Y eso es lo que dice. Cuando vayas a la casa de Dios, cuida tus pasos y acércate a escuchar en vez de ofrecer sacrificio de necios que ni conciencia tienen de que hacen mal. No te apresures ni con la boca ni con la mente a proferir ante Dios palabra alguna. Él está en el cielo y tú estás en la tierra. Mide pues tus palabras. Quien mucho se preocupa tiene pesadillas y quien mucho habla dice tonterías. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. A dream comes when there are many cares and many words mark the speech of a fool. We live in a world that sincerely believes in more. Nuestro mundo cree en más. Our very economy is built on that. Se basa la economía en más, more. Owning more, spending more, having more, getting more, ganar más, tener más, gastar más. Well, that's not the only place. Government also seems to be based on more. El gobierno quiere más. Our politicians sit around, and what do they do? They make more laws, more restrictions, more regulations, and then at election time, they promise us more freedoms. How about that? Los políticos hacen más leyes, más restricciones, y nos prometen más libertades. Technology. Technology is all about more. Right? La tecnología se basa en más. Uh, more access to information that we need. Más acceso a la información. Uh, more connection with people all around the world that we can connect with. Más conexión con las personas. More power for us to improve our lives. Más capacidad de mejorarnos la vida. There's a lot of more in our world and our world believes in more. And yet the ironic thing that we see today is that in spite of all the more that we seem to be getting, and there's a lot of it, uh, people today, more people report that they are more depressed, more lonely, more broken, more addicted, more lost than ever before. Más gente dice que más deprimida, gastada, quebrantada y perdida. What's up with that? Why hasn't more Produced more life, more meaning. Porque no hay más vida y significado. Well, I believe that the scripture here today from Ecclesiastes 5 and 6 gives us a good answer. Hay una respuesta aquí. And basically what I see coming out of these two chapters is this. More in this life does not guarantee more. Más no garantiza más. 
At the very beginning here, uh, the teacher, Koaleth, as we've been calling him, lays out and begins to deal with a couple of myths in chapter 5. In capítulo 5 está quebrantando dos mitos. The first myth is described a little bit in verse 1. He says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. Cuando vayas a la casa de Dios, cuida tus pasos y acércate a escuchar en vez de ofrecer sacrificio de necios. What is the sacrifice of fools? ¿Qué es sacrificio de necios? Well, the beginning of verse 2, I think, gives us a clue. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. No te apresures ni con la boca ni con la mente a proferir ante Dios palabra alguna. In other words, what this seems to be saying is we need to understand that more of our words will not give us more of God. Más palabras no nos dan más de Dios. It's foolish for us to think that by our own prayers, by our own vows and our own promises and our own commitments and our own ceremonies and our own efforts, uh, we can somehow squeeze more out of God in our relationship with Him. Es, es tontería pensar que más en nuestras oraciones y compromisos y votos, así podemos ganar más de Dios. Why is that the case? ¿Por qué? Well, again, the end of verse 2 gives us some information. It says, here's the deal. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. Dios está en el cielo y tú estás en la tierra. Mide pues tus palabras. Elder Cody, I think, said something about this last week in his greeting. He said, when we pray, the posture of prayer is to understand God is above us. Dios está encima de nosotros y no al revés. It's not the other way around. And when we start talking and when we start coming to God with all kinds of demands, with all kinds of you know, laundry lists of what we want and what we expect Him to do, we can get the order reversed and think we're over God and God's below us and that somehow we can manipulate Him by our words. More words? Well, we can do more. Pensamos manipular a Dios con las palabras. But this is saying, no, you need to understand. God's not like a puppet on a string that you can control. I think Cody said last week, he's not a genie that you can rub the lamp and he'll come out and poop, do what you want. You, you cannot twist God's arm into giving you divine favors simply on the strength of your words. No le puedes torcer el brazo de Dios y, y, y pedir favores divinos solo con tus palabras. Why? Because your words aren't much. Verse 5 says this, it is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. Mejor no hacer un voto. No hacer votos que hacerlos y no cumplirlos. Our words are weak and more of them won't give us more. When I was in high school writing class, I remember being in, 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 you know, learning how to write in high school. In, in the class, they gave us this little book to use to give us instructions on how to write. In la clase de composición, nos dieron un libro, un librito. It's called The Elements of Style. I don't know if you've ever heard of that little book. Awesome book. It's still on my shelf in my office. Elementos del estilo se llamaba. And I will never forget rule number 13 in that book. Me gusta la regla número 13 en ese libro. Rule number 13. Omit 
needless words. Omite palabras innecesarias. Omit needless words. In other words, good writing isn't so much what you put in, it's what you leave out. You get to the point, say what you're going to say. But Ecclesiastes, I think, is saying the same thing in a way. Omit needless words, and it's taking it into the vertical dimension. Ecclesiastes nos está hablando de esto a lo vertical. Uh, if we look at chapter 6, verse 11, here it says, The more the words, the less the meaning. And how does that profit anyone? Aumentan las palabras, aumentan los absurdos, dice 6.11. Jesus also would concur in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus is teaching us about prayer. He's teaching the disciples, Mateo 6, 9, or actually Matthew 6, 7. He says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Al orar no hablen solo por hablar como hacen los gentiles, porque ellos imaginan que serán escuchados por sus muchas palabras. And then Jesus proceeds to teach us a prayer called the Lord's Prayer. It's not a lot of words, but wow, what power. Jesús después nos enseña el Padre Nuestro que tiene pocas palabras, pero mucho poder. Omit needless words with God. Do not think that in your prayers you can somehow construct a tower of Babel that is going to pierce the clouds, get beyond the sun, where you can storm the gates of heaven and make God do whatever you want to do. No piensen construirse una torre de Babel para llegar al cielo y pedir de Dios lo que quieras. No. You see, our words are but a breath. Because we're a breath. Our words go into the air and they're gone. Our words will be forgotten. Nuestras palabras son como un aliento. And chapter 5, verse 7 of Ecclesiastes basically says this, much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Again, that word meaningless here means a breath. Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, I think maybe you could say, and in parentheses, therefore, shut up and fear God. Dice aquí, en el 7, más bien entre tantos absurdos, pesadillas y palabrerías, muestra temor a Dios. So, multiplying words will not give you meaning in life. Multiplicar palabras no te da sentido a la vida. But neither will multiplying wealth. Tampoco multiplicar el dinero. That's the second myth here that, that Ecclesiastes goes after uh, in chapter 5, verse 10. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. Quien ama el dinero de dinero no se sacia. Quien ama las riquezas nunca tiene suficiente. También esto es absurdo. And we need to hear what this is saying. It's not saying that having money is a problem. It's about desiring more. It's about wanting more constantly. Es el deseo para más dinero que es el problema. It's the love of money that is a root of all evil, the Bible says. And the problem is that in thinking we have more money or we can get more money, then we can get more meaning, more life. 
El mito es que con más dinero se saca más vida. And so the idea is if I have enough money to last forever, then I'm going to last forever. Si tengo dinero para suficiente para siempre, yo voy a durar para siempre. And of course, Jesus says that's not the case. He told a story in Luke chapter 12 about a rich farmer who did very well for himself. He had a bumper crop. He had all the grain he could ever hope to use more than he knew what to do with. En Lucas 2 hay un agricultor que tiene un gran, una gran cosecha de grano y no sabe qué hacer. And in Luke 12, 18, this rich farmer says, I know what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there I will store my surplus grain and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many Years, you're set. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Ya sé que voy a hacer, dice el agricultor. Derribaré mis graneros y construiré otros más grandes. Y diré, alma mía, ya tienes bastantes cosas guardadas para muchos años. Descansa, come, bebe, y goza de la vida. And of course, God pops that bubble, comes to him in the night and says, you fool, Luke 12, 20, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded of you. You're done. You're done. Necio, esta misma noche te van a reclamar la vida, dice Dios a este hombre. And what's the point? Well, the point is in Luke 12, 15, Jesus says, watch out. Because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. More stuff doesn't mean more life. No depende de la abundancia La vida de una persona No depende de la abundancia De sus bienes uh, Ecclesiastes 5.15 Is basically saying the same thing In a slightly different way It's saying everyone comes naked From their mother's womb And as everyone comes So they depart You come in with nothing You leave with nothing They take nothing from their toil That they can carry in their hands. Tal como salió del vientre de, vientre de su madre, así se irá desnudo como vino al mundo. Verse 16 says, as everyone comes, so they depart. And what do they gain since they toil for the wind? It's like grasping onto the air. You can't hold on to it. You can't keep it or take it with you. Esto es un mal terrible que tal como viene el hombre, así se va. ¿Y de qué le sirve afanarse tanto para nada? More wealth is not more wealth, more life. It's but a breath. Wealth is a breath. It might feed you today. But here's the reality Ecclesiastes is bringing us to face. It won't last. You're going to die. Cheerful news, right? You're going to die. If not today, well, then tomorrow or in a month or whatever. Las riquezas te pueden alimentar hoy, pero no te pueden prolongar la vida. Vas a morir en algún momento. So, meaning in life, meaning in life does not come from more words or more wealth. El significado de la vida no es más palabras o más riquezas. Again, I think we need to clarify some things here. This is not saying don't talk to God. This is not saying don't pray a lot. Don't hear it said here that we're not supposed to pray. I think we're supposed to pray a lot. No es que no debamos orar mucho. We should be talking to God all the time. It's not saying that it is wrong or bad to 
want to make a living for your family, to provide for your loved ones. It's not saying it is wrong to have nice things in life. It is not saying that at all. No es malo uh, proveer las necesidades de la familia o tener cosas lindas en la vida. It is not saying that. What it's saying here is this is the problem. That, that thinking, thinking that by our own efforts, we can attain eternal life. Es pensar que nuestros esfuerzos podemos llegar a la vida eterna. It's, it's thinking that in our own words and in our own efforts and wealth, we can somehow buy ourselves meaning that will never, ever stop. And that is just not true. No podemos ganarnos la eternidad en esta vida. The problem is that Ecclesiastes is pointing to and, and kind of prodding us about is, is this, that often in our everyday lives, we think that what we're doing is eternally all that important. In other words, we are trying so hard to reach the unattainable, to get to something that is meaningful and eternal in the stuff of this life that we miss out on what life is really about. Intentamos poner la eternidad en las cosas de esta vida, pero perdemos lo que es la vida. Oftentimes what we do is we actually blow past the real blessings that are in life. We miss them because we're on our way for the next thing. We want more and we go right past what God's put right in front of us. Pasamos las verdaderas bendiciones de la vida. Chapter 5, verse 19 and 20 kind of talk about this. Verse 19 says, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God, a quien Dios concede abundancia y riquezas, también le concede comer de ellas y tomar su parte y disfrutar de sus afanes. Esto es don de Dios. And then verse 20 says, they seldom reflect on the days of their lives because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Como Dios le llena de alegría corazón, muy poco reflexione el hombre en cuanto a su vida. That verse, that last one's kind of hard. I've been trying to figure out what it's saying. What I think it's saying here is, is that when we are able to recognize the blessings of God right in front of us and to enjoy them in the moment for what they are, uh, we actually can get to a place where we're not worried about things that are beyond us. Jesus talked about that, right? Don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble. Que cuando gozamos de las bendiciones de la vida podemos no preocuparnos por lo que viene después. So in a nutshell, I think what, what, what Ecclesiastes is trying to say here is enjoy the blessings that God gives you in this life. Enjoy eating, enjoy sleeping, enjoy working, enjoy loving your family and being with your spouse. Goza de la comida, de descanso, de trabajo, de tu familia. Enjoy all of that. There are blessings right in front of you. Don't blow past them. But don't make more of this life than what it really is. No hagan más de esta vida de lo que es. It is not forever. No es para siempre. You can't expect to find what is eternal in something that is temporary. Doesn't work. No pueden encontrar lo, lo eterno en lo que es temporal. 
And this is a problem that our world, I think, is, is struggling with. Nuestro mundo lucha con esto. Why? I, I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, a, a pastor in that podcast, Michael Keller, he's saying, here's the weird thing about our secular world that we live in. Un pastor en un podcast dijo esto. He says, our secular world tells us we're here by accident. El mundo nos dice que vinimos por un accidente. It's just pure chance that you're here. You came from nothing, and, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. And the world says, when you die, oh, don't worry about heaven or hell. There's just nothing there. Cuando mueras, no hay nada. There's nothing. There's no meaning beyond this life. No hay significado más allá de esta vida. So think about it. Think about it. You came from meaninglessness. You're going to meaninglessness. And somehow in the middle, you're supposed to find meaning. You're supposed to suck meaning out of this life. Vienes de lo sin sentido a lo... Y vas a lo sin sentido y aquí debes encontrar sentido. And so what are people doing? People are saying, this is my only shot. And they're trying to suck out of this life, to squeeze out of this life eternity. And I'm telling you, and Ecclesiastes is telling us, it can't be done. No se puede hacer sacar de lo temporal lo eterno. Chapter 6, verse 7 says this, Everyone's toil is for their mouth, yet their appetite is never satisfied. Mucho trabaja el hombre para comer, pero nunca se sacia. What is it saying? There's something inside of us that always wants more. You name it in this life, whatever it is, it will not completely satisfy you. Lo que está en esta vida no te va a satisfacer. And that's not bad. Because you see that desire for more that's in you? God put it there. Greg talked about that a couple weeks ago from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. He has set eternity in our hearts. Dios ha puesto la eternidad en nuestro corazón para que queramos más en Dios. And it's God that we're, we're desiring. We're just filling it up, this empty space inside of us with the wrong stuff. You have a gap, a hole, an eternal restlessness, and you're trying to fill it with something temporary. It doesn't work. Chapter 6, verse 9 then says, here's what to do. Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. Vale más lo visible que lo imaginario. Again, you have to kind of think and brood on these things to get what it's saying. But I think what this is saying again is better to enjoy the blessings that come from God that are yours, that are in front of you every single day than to always be roving and looking for something more that you think is going to fill you, because it won't. Mejor gozar las bendiciones enfrente de ti que siempre querer más. Why? Because you see the, the everyday blessings of life, a good book, a rainstorm, coffee with friends, those things if you listen to them and watch closely, they contain hints. Small hints of where true meaning lies. Esas bendiciones de la vida cotidiana te dan indicios de donde está el significado. Centuries ago, uh, St. Augustine, one of the great patriarchs of the church, he 
said something simple. He said, when you're lost in the woods, when you're lost in a forest and you're trying to find your direction, you're trying to find your way out, he said, you know, a little signpost may not seem like much, but it's really a big deal. Cuando estás perdido en el bosque, dijo San Agustín, una señal es algo grande. Why? Well, it's not a map. It's not telling you everything that you may want to know, but it's pointing you, go this way. Es una indicación de dónde y a dónde ir. The everyday blessings of life that come from God are meant to be signposts in the forest of this world. Las bendiciones diarias son como señales en el bosque de este mundo. They can't give you the meaning you're looking for. They can't give you everything, but they will point you to the one who will satisfy you. Te señalan al quien te puede satisfacer. All those little tiny daily blessings are meant to point you to the eternal living loving God. Las bendiciones te señalan al Dios vivo y todopoderoso. There are hints of heaven, of eternity, of God in the little everyday things of life. I love Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8. Isaías 40 versículo 8. It says simply this, the grass withers and the flowers fall. La hierba se seca y la flor se marchita. What's it saying? In a way it's saying, you know what? Everything is temporary. Everything. Todo es temporal, including you and me. In fact, the verse right before it, just before it, it says all the people are grass. Todo el pueblo es hierba. We love flowers, we love grass. They're beautiful while they last and then they're gone. This world, this life is like grass, it's like flowers. Esta vida es como la flor, como la hierba. But you see, grass and flowers are beautiful. They're a, they're a joy when you behold them because they come from, spoke them into being. Dios habló, existió la, la hierba, existió la flor. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God lasts forever. La palabra de nuestro Dios permanece para siempre. You see what that's saying? It's saying there is a word that lasts forever. Hay una palabra que perdura para siempre. And there is a wealth that lasts forever, that goes beyond the wealth of grass and flowers and all the blessings of this life. Hay una riqueza que es más allá de la flor y de la hierba. The word that is more is not our words. It's the word of God. No son nuestra palabra, sino la palabra de Dios. And what does the Bible say about the word of God? In John chapter 1 verse 14 it says the word of God, the eternal word of God, that is God's son became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. El verbo si sombre habitó entre nosotros. Jesus is that word of God that lasts forever. Jesús es el verbo que permanece para siempre. There's a wealth from God 
That is way more than our wealth. Hay un, unas riquezas más que las nuestras. And that wealth that is from God is Jesus the Christ. Es Jesús. Colossians 2, 3 says that in Christ, in God's Son, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's found in Him. En Cristo están escondidos todos los tesoros de la sabiduría y del conocimiento. More meaning does not come from more words and more wealth, but from a real connection with Jesus Christ, who is the eternal word and wealth of God. Más significado no viene más palabras o más riqueza, sino una conexión de Jesús, el verbo y el tesoro de Dios. He's the lasting word of God. He's the lasting treasure. And he's come to us. And Jesus came and, and by his birth, by his life, by his death, by his resurrection, he completes every vow we couldn't complete. Every commitment you and I couldn't complete, every promise you and I couldn't complete, he completes it. Por su vida, muerte, resurrección, él, él cumple con los votos que no pudimos cumplir. And when you get connected to Jesus, it fills that empty space in your heart. It fills it. Jesús llena ese hueco en tu corazón. And, and then your birth and your life and your death begin to have meaning. You aren't an accident. You didn't come from nothing and you're not going to nothing because what Jesus has done is he's shown you there is meaning and it's beyond this life but it comes into this life and it fills you every single day. You can live in that reality. Él te da significado a tu vida, muerte, porque te da significado para toda la eternidad. So meaning doesn't come from our working to get to God by our words and our wealth. No laboramos para llegar a Dios en nuestras palabras y riquezas. No, it comes from God's word and wealth coming down to us. El verbo y el tesoro de Dios llega a nosotros. So Ecclesiastes, I think, you know, sometimes we come to worship. I was thinking about this this morning. Sometimes we come to worship and we just want to be comfy. And we just want to get encouragement. And that's all good. But sometimes when we come together, God wants to just kind of shake us up and say, hey, wake up. Right? This is a little bit of a shake. Nos está sacudiendo Ecclesiastes. Hey, wake up. When you try to find lasting meaning in something that is not lasting, it's going to leave you empty. Cuando buscas algo duradero en algo que no perdura, vas a estar vacío. So really Ecclesiastes is saying, hey, wake up. You've got really two options. There are only two ways to live. A foolish way and a wise way. The foolish way is worship this world and everything in it. Try to find your little eternity right here and you will lose everything, including your own soul. Adora este mundo y todo lo que hay en él y perderás todo, incluyendo tu alma. Or worship the word and the wealth of God. Worship Jesus and give your life to him. Lose yourself in him and you will gain more. More than you could ever ask or imagine. Adora a Jesús y tendrás más de lo que podrías imaginarte o pedir. Isn't that good news? 
That's what our world needs to hear. Nuestro mundo necesita escuchar eso. So, this morning the question is, where are you? What are you investing your life in? Your words, your wealth, your work, your time. What are you investing in? And will it last? ¿En qué estás invirtiéndote y va a durar o no? Ecclesiastes is saying, omit needless words. Omit needless words. Look to the eternal word, Jesus. Omite palabras innecesarias. Dice Ecclesiastes, miren al verbo que es Jesús. It's saying also, do not live for the treasures of this earth where moth and rust can destroy, but set your heart on the treasure of heaven. Look to Jesus. No vivan por los tesoros del mundo donde la, la polilla carcome, donde la corrosión destruye. Miren al tesoro que es Jesús. That's the invitation I want to give us this morning as we come to a place of prayer. I want to pray with you. If you are not clear in your heart and mind what you're investing your life in, I want to call you. I want to, I want to allow Ecclesiastes to shake you and, and to call you to a point of decision. Have you, where are you investing yourself? Are you ready to invest your life in Jesus Christ? It's a sure investment. It's simple. It's as simple as saying, yes. Come, Lord Jesus. I'm letting go of what I can't keep forever. And I'm receiving what is eternal. Si, sí, ven Jesús. Estoy soltando lo que es para siempre. Uh, lo que es temporal. Estoy recibiendo lo que es para siempre. If you need to make that clear in your life today, I want to invite you to pray with me. In fact, we're all going to pray. But I want to invite you Right now, let's just close our eyes, and if you believe that, that God is shaking you, God is speaking to you personally right now through this word from Ecclesiastes, you need Jesus. You need the word and the wealth of God that is in Jesus. I just want to invite you to, to stand right where you are, and I want to pray for you. Si necesitas el verbo y tesoro que es Jesús, la palabra de Dios, ponte de pie donde estés y quiero orar por ti. I just want to pray for your life. Go ahead and stand. We're, we're going to close our eyes. And there are people standing right now, and that's good. And if you need a special prayer as we stand, if you just need prayer, nobody's going to ask you why. We're just going to come beside you and pray for you. We have elders. We have people that love to pray. And someone can come stand right next to you as we pray right now. If you need that, just raise your hand up. Si necesitan una oración especial, levanten la mano. Just ask for that help, and we're going to pray. Let's pray right now. People that are going to be prayed for, the rest of us, if you're seated, stretch out your hand and just pray for those people that are standing. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus. Today's football scores won't last more than a few days. Los partidos de fútbol americano no duran mucho. The person who's president won't last more than a couple of years. Eight years at the most. El que es presidente no dura más de ocho años. 
Inflation will come and go. It'll mostly come. Technology will just keep getting more complicated. But it won't last. La tecnología se pone más complicado, pero no dura. There's only one thing at the end of the day that matters. When we take our last breath in this life, it's you. Cuando respiramos por última vez, eres tú. I just pray that those people have, that have stood today can pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, yes. I welcome your presence in my life. Bienvenido Jesús a mi vida. I let go of what cannot last. Suelto lo que no es para siempre. And I embrace the meaning that you bring. Te abrazo, Señor. Live in me. Vive en me. Fill me with your holy presence, your Holy Spirit. Lléname de tu Espíritu Santo. Teach me how to walk with you. Enséñame a caminar contigo. Step by step. Paso por paso. Day by day. Día con día. We're going to pray together the best prayer, the prayer Jesus taught us. And I want to invite you to stand, all of you. Vamos a todos ponernos de pie. And if you've prayed from the heart today to, to ask Jesus Christ into your life, tell someone, tell me, tell the person who prayed for you, tell them what you need, and we want to walk with you. We want to help you. But right now, let's together pray the Lord's Prayer as our prayer. Vamos a orar, Padre Nuestro. I'm going to ask Martín to pray in Spanish while I pray in English. Vamos a hacerlo de forma bilingüe. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.